Good morning. How is everybody? Uh, I would like to welcome you guys out this morning. Today is the day where generally the church celebrates Palm Sunday. It's the day where Jesus enters Jerusalem, so happy Palm Sunday. Next week is Easter. Woo! Yeah, there we go. It's also April Fool's Day. Yay! So I expect my daughters will be giving me at some time an egg filled with spiders because they know that's what I'm afraid of. And generally on April Fool's Day, there's a spider on my pillow or taped to the front door or something like that. Next week, Tim is going to be talking about fools. So I want to welcome you all to come back because everybody takes a turn being a fool. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's you, Matt. (laughs) But uh, I want to welcome you all to come back on Easter Sunday. Today we're wrapping up a, a series called The One Another Way. If you are just now joining us and you want to listen to the rest of it, all the sermons that we do here at Greater Alton are free on our website at greateraltonchurch.org. But if you want to go back and listen to some of those sermons about the one another way, I'd welcome you to. Today we're going to be talking about sharing each other's burdens. In your bulletins, there's a set of notes if you want to follow along that'll help you through today's sermon. I'm a fairly strong guy. I can lift a decent amount of weight. I can think of a time that we were helping my in-laws cut up a tree last fall and I showed up after work and I just picked up part of the stump and threw it in the back of my truck and my father-in-law just goes, ugh. I'm like, what? My back hurts watching you do that. I'm like, I can pick this up. I am physically able to do this. I lifted with my legs because I've learned. Um, but uh, I can pick up a decent amount of weight. There are things at my shop, where I work, that I will not pick up on my own. I have learned to not even think about picking some of this stuff up on my own. And I require somebody to come help me, if not two or three people. There are some tooling that I won't move on my own. There's one we call the ex-wife. I didn't name it. Somebody else did. (laughs) But it's it will hurt you. (laughs) That's why the guy named it that. Um, if you're not careful with the way you lift it. Uh, so I won't just pick anything up by myself. I, I will do it with help. And you know, I've become smarter now that I'm in my mid-30s about that because it's really wisdom because I've hurt myself too many times to not be smart about how I pick stuff up. Today, we're talking about sharing each other's burdens. And burdens, when I think of burdens, I think of heavy things. And if we're supposed to share each other's burdens, we're supposed to help each other lift our burdens. We're not supposed to do it on our own. The first passage in your notes is Galatians chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. And I read this passage a few weeks ago when I was up here talking about serving each other. But I thought it was really appropriate today. And this passage really stands out to me. It says, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. In this series, we've talked a lot about things we do with each other, with one another. We've talked about working with each other, and loving each other, and serving each other, and strengthening each other. And all those things are great. They are fabulous. And they all dovetail together. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed it's really hard if not impossible to serve one another without loving one another, they all just go perfect together. But I would argue that we aren't going to stay 
together as one another if we aren't sharing the burdens with each other. Because I can think of people in the past who have left Greater Alton, not necessarily God, but have left Greater Alton because there was a need that they had that wasn't being met here. And there was another church that was able to meet that need, and they went to that church. There's, honestly, there's nothing really wrong with that. Um, there's no selfishness in that. They, they can serve in that church and have their needs met. And I'm not excusing selfishness. I'm not talking about selfishness, but I'm talking about sharing each other's burdens. How are we doing at sharing each other's burdens? Because I can tell you this, there are people in this church right now who are burdened by something. And there are people around them who can help share that burden. And I don't know what those burdens are. It could be financial. It could be stress and worry. It could be something physical. It could be that they need a ride somewhere. Simple as that. And they don't know how to get there and they're worrying about it. There are burdens in our family. And I can tell you this, we are a family. A lot of people, when they hear family, they think of mom and dad and brother and sister. When I think of family, yeah, I think of those things, but I think of Ryan Donahue. And I think of Gary Chapel, And I think of a lot of you guys, like Caitlin Wolf. You guys are my family. So I want to help share the weight. I want to help... Share that, share your burden. And, and, and I hope when I have a burden, you guys would want to help share mine. So, today, how can I help spread the weight? How can I, as a member of this family, help share the burden of this, in, the burdens in this family? Well, there's a few things that I thought of this morning, and it's not an exhaustive list, but I think it's a good place for us to get started. So the first thing I can do to help share the weight is I can see the struggling. I'm going to talk about me for a minute, okay? I have blinders on a lot of the time. Whether it's subconsciously or I choose not to see what's going on around me, but I will avoid burden. Am I the only one? I mean, I, I, I will, like, if I see somebody struggling... How many of you have been driving down the highway and you see that person with their hazards flashing on the side of the road and be like, nope, and <laughs> just keep on driving? Uh, a few weeks ago, I was driving down Homer Adams Parkway after cross chat. I dropped Caden and uh, Trey off and I see a light on the side of the road and I'm like, what is that? As I drive past and I see a kid with a flashlight standing there and I'm like, and I, as I stop to slow down, I see a truck on its side. I'm like, oh, and I stopped and I backed up and I pulled over and I was surprised at how many people just kept on driving. And I don't know why I was surprised because I'm usually one of those people that just kept on driving. There was a burden and he's not even my family. You guys are my family and I would much rather share your burden than stand in the rain with some kid I don't know who just rolled his truck and he was fine. He was just in a little bit of shock, but... Do we see the burdens and the struggles of the people around us? Um, I, I have this favorite book. Uh, many of you probably have not read this book. It's called Atlas Shrugged. It is like that thick. In, in comparison to the Bible, I have the Bible on audio CD. The Bible is 72, 72, 79, something like that. CD's long. Atlas Shrugged is like 56. So it's like thickness of the Bible. And it's, it's a fictional story. Um, and it's, it talks about socialism. 
And uh, I'm not going to get into that. But the, the, the title of the book is best summed up by a quote. And it, the quote is, If you saw Atlas, the giant who holds the world on his shoulders, if you saw that he stood, blood running down his chest, his knees buckling, his arms trembling, but still trying to hold the world aloft with the last of his strength, and the greater his effort, the heavier the world bore down upon his shoulders, what would you tell him? I, I, I don't know. What, what could he do? What would you tell him? To shrug. So there's two characters in the book, Francisco Danconia and Hank Reardon, and they're having this conversation because all of the great men of, of intellect and resolve have left. They've gone on strike, and the world is deteriorating because of it. And they're, they're referencing Atlas because it feels like the whole world is just getting heavy and it's breaking down. And Atlas, the guy who's holding the whole world up, is struggling under this burden. And what are you going to tell him to do? Well, I'm going to tell him to shrug off the burden. That's not what Christ would say. Christ would say, go help him. Christ would say, if he's your brother, you should go help him. There are, there are burdens that we can't just shrug off like this. There are some things that you're going to need help with. There are people around you who need help. And we should help. You see, the problem I have with socialism is that it's mandated. You're, you have to do it. And people call Christianity socialism because you guys are constantly sharing and giving and helping each other. See, it's different. Because socialism is mandated by a government Christianity. I want to. I want to help that person. I want to help my family because that's what Christianity is. It's not, it's not a group of people because of a political border. It's a group of people because of blood. Because we are each other's family. In Philippians 4.18, At the moment I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. You see, this is the Apostle Paul talking. He had need. He had burden. And his brothers and sisters helped. Not only did they send someone, but they sent things to help him. And he talks all throughout Scripture of times he was in need. In times the brethren helped him out. See, it wasn't because they were told to. It was because they wanted to. They wanted to help their family. A few weeks ago in his lesson about coworkers, Tim asked us to think about who your coworkers are. And that was really powerful to me because, you know, I think about that about my, my place of employment. But I don't usually think about that here. And if you weren't here for that lesson, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. It was really challenging. But have you identified your coworkers in the kingdom? Because that, that afternoon I sat down and I was looking in my life. Who are my coworkers in the kingdom? There's a lot. There was more than I thought of before. I, I, look at, I look at my small groups and I look at the people that God has placed in my life and I have so many people to help me. I also have so many people to help that I can see the struggling and help them. There's a, a passage we keep looking at in the sermon series and I'm, we're going to look at it again because God's trying to tell us something and it's in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. We've read it almost every week but it still applies. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. 
If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Do you guys know what the cables of the Clark Bridge are made out of? They're itty-bitty strands of steel wire. Now working in a steel shop, I can imagine these itty-bitty strands of steel wire. And I've taken eighth-inch wire, which is eighth-inch thick, and bent it back and forth and snapped it. Eighth-inch wire can't hold a whole lot of weight. It can hold some, um, but if you're just going to use one strand of wire, I've made stems out of flowers with them, but I wouldn't use it to hold up my daughter's bed. It's not very strong. And I would and and I'm not quite sure how how thick the strands of wire are in each of those cables, but I wouldn't imagine they're even they're more than eighth inch thick. But they take the strands of wire and they braid them together. And they make a cord. And that cord is really strong because it's those individual wires braided together. And then they take those cords and they braid them together to make the big cables that hold up the road deck. Individual itty bitty little wires could not hold up that road deck. But if they're braided together, they can support so much weight. God's trying to tell us that this morning. Individually, I'm not going to hold up a whole lot of weight. I might bend and snap. But God has placed people around me to help me with my burden. God has placed me in the lives of other people to help them with their burden. And together with God, we're braided together. We are strong. We're stronger together than we are alone. And we can lift so much and we can support so many burdens. Who are your coworkers? Who are you braided together with? Who are you helping to support and who is helping to support you? So the first thing is we see the struggling. The second thing I can do to help spread the weight is I allow others to pick the pace. I allow others to set my pace for me. What I mean by that is really easily explained. My daughters and I, to relax, really love watching documentaries. And actually, it's probably just me who really loves watching documentaries, let's be real, because if they had a choice, we'd be watching Phineas and Ferb all 24-7. But a few years ago, we were watching a documentary on the wolves in Yellowstone. Um, and I learned something that I never knew before. When the wolves travel from place to place, not while they're hunting, but they're just traveling, they travel in a single file line. And I, I still see the television screen. There's wolves hike, just trudging through this deep snow in the middle of Yellowstone in a single file line. And I always thought, you know, the alpha leader of the pack, he's out front. That's where the alpha should be. That's not where the alpha is. The alpha is at the back of the line. The wolf that's in the front is the sick or the elderly. They're the slow one. The, the lead wolf sets the pace. Their slowest member of their pack is the one setting the pace so that no one gets left behind. We are all at different points of maturity. All of us here. We're not all the same. Thank God we're not all me. 
because that would just be a mess. But we're all at different points of maturity here. Some of us are more mature, but we can struggle as, as even though we're more mature. Some of us are brand new baby Christians and we have this energy and this fire, but we don't know a whole lot. We're still learning. We need to let the people, the people that I'm helping set the pace for me. I can't expect a brand new baby Christian to keep up with me. To know the things that I know. To have already overcome the temptations that I'm overcoming. Now, let's be real, temptation never goes away. It just gets easier with God. But I can't expect a brand new baby Christian to be able to overcome the same temptations I overcome. In Isaiah, this isn't on your notes, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, it says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms, and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. God doesn't expect us to keep up with Him. Why do I need to expect the people who aren't as mature as I am to keep up with me? God is our good shepherd. He's gentle with us. He doesn't kick us to keep us running. He doesn't beat us to keep us moving. He's there. He's walking alongside of us and He's gentle. He's a good shepherd. In 1 Peter chapter 2, on your notes, it says, As newborn babies want milk, you should want the pure and simple teaching. By it, you can mature in your salvation. See, even in Scripture, it talks about new Christians and, and describes them as newborn babies. I can't expect Lucy, who's comfortably in Billy's arms, to do the same things that my daughter Kara can do. And I can't expect Kara to do the exact same things that my daughter Blythe can do. And I can't expect Blythe to do the exact same things that some of the junior hires can do. I can't expect the junior hires to do the same things as some of the college students do. And it keeps going, right? keeps going. I can't expect somebody who's at a different level than me to be at my level. I need to let them set the pace if I'm working with them. Sometimes, that, sometimes I forget that. Last week in small group, we, we had a really deep conversation about God and time. And I, I let... I let my curiosity get away from me and some of the kids were like, what? <laughs> what would happen if time didn't exist? What? Why are we even talking about this? It was a fun conversation. But I sometimes forget that they're not where I am. There's other passages. There's two more passages on your notes that talk about maturity and compares people to, to new Christians to babies and people who and babies desire milk and then more mature Christians to people who eat meat and real food. And I love a good steak. <laughs> but I can't expect Lucy to eat a good steak yet. She will. She's got me and Billy and Pat. She'll figure it out. But I must be aware of where the people are that I'm helping. Otherwise, they're going to get left behind. And I don't want anybody left behind. In Romans 15, verse 1, and it's on the screen, not on your notes. It says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Just like in Ecclesiastes said, we are there to help the people who have fallen. To get back up. And to get back in step with their walk with God. And we're not going to outrun them and outpace them. We're going to walk with them. 
just like the example Christ set for us. So I see the struggling. I allow them to set the pace. The third thing is I need to pull my own weight. How can I spread the weight? I need to pull my own. Can I tell you this? If you aren't pulling your own weight, you become a burden on somebody else. Now, in Acts 15, verses 36 through 38, it says, Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. Paul has been deserted more times than this. He's had people leave. And when those people leave, what they were supposed to be doing becomes a burden to Paul. If I am not pulling my own weight, somebody else has to pick up my slack. Somebody else has to carry me. How many of you want to carry me? Yeah. That's right. Um, have you ever... <laughs> Have you ever seen the, there's a picture on the internet that said, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and tell you you're fat, because if I sugarcoat it, you're going to eat that too. You don't want to carry me. <laughs> Paul has been deserted and he's having to carry the weight that these guys left behind. I need to pull my own weight. In 2 Thessalonians, it says, uh, 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 through, or 3, 7 through 10. It says, for you yourselves ought to know how you ought to work. I'm sorry, I'm going to start over. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Paul is adamant about us pulling our own weight. Can I, just for a side note, wouldn't it be great if our culture lived like this? If you don't work, you don't eat? Think of the problems that would solve. Now, I understand there are people with injuries and disabilities who cannot work. Not negating that. But there are people who can work and just won't. And in the Christian family, this is a rule for us to follow. If you don't work, you don't eat. I like that rule. I like to work. Sometimes. But I really like to eat. I need to pull my own weight. Can I speak for, can I speak to the people in my generation for a second? When I first came to Greater Alton, 16 years ago, I was a part of the campus ministry. And it was a big campus ministry. There was a lot of us my age. A lot of people. A lot of my, a lot of friends. Um, there's not so many of those people here anymore. Because a lot of us were just given stuff. A lot of them, and me included, were given stuff. We didn't have to work for it. So, we're a part of this generation. I hate the name. I hate being a part of it. It's the millennial generation. And stereotypically, it's known as the entitlement generation. 
we think we deserve stuff because of who we are, not because of what we've done. Um, I, Cassie and I have a conversation almost weekly with Blythe and Cara because we don't want them to have that mentality. They work for stuff they're given, or at least they're supposed to work for the stuff they're given. Sometimes it's like, oh yeah, you, 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 asked, you said please and thank you and yeah, let's go. But I, yeah, they're spoiled. But I don't want them to be. I want them to have this work ethic. People in my generation, what are we doing? What are we doing? We've been given this awesome church. But how many of us have stepped up to, to take hold of it? What are we doing? Because far too often I have these conversations with, well, you know, so-and-so, and well, I don't know what they're doing. They just like to sleep in and play video games. and that's, Video games are fun, but I have a responsibility that I have to take care of before that. I don't want to just hang out and play video games for the rest of my life and just have these superficial, shallow relationships. And there's a generation ahead of us They're getting kind of old. Again, I don't want to sugarcoat it because I'd eat that too. They're, they're, they're getting old and tired and not too much longer, they're not going to be here. And I hate that because you know what that means? You know what that means? That means I'm not going to just give stuff, get, get stuff handed to me anymore. High schoolers, you listening to this? I'm, it, it's become a pet peeve of mine to see people my age not doing anything. Now, I'm not saying all of us aren't doing anything. Obviously, there are people who have stepped up and are taking roles in ministry and everything. But we got to think about this. We have an eldership and, and a leadership who have done so much for us. And thank God that they've been there for us to teach us and train us. But we are running out of time to learn from them. We need to step up and learn how to do this so that when they're gone, we actually know what we're doing. And you know, they might not have known what they were doing when they started, but we can learn from them and not repeat those mistakes. Are we pulling our own weight? Are you pulling your own weight? See, everyone here has a purpose given to them by God. There is something you are supposed to do. I'm really excited that Billy Stagall is taking over the Hot Wheels rally. And he asked me, can you help? And I was like, yes. I'll do something. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm super excited for that. I'm, I'm super excited for the things coming up. Like we had Camp Polar Bear again and somebody's going to take over that and it's going to be great. And there are things that are happening that people are taking hold of and continue to do that, please, because you're going to advance the kingdom of heaven. And you're going to plant seeds in some little kid and their eyes are going to be open and later on down the road, they're going to find Jesus and you're going to have either planted a seed or watered it. So I see the struggling, I allow them to pick the pace, and I pull my own weight. Those are three, I was going to say easy, not always easy things, that I can do to help spread the weight. But there are people in here that right now are unable to help spread the weight. Uh, I use this reference with marriage. And go with me with this. We'll get back to the, the weight pulling. Um, in mine and Cassie's relationship... It's not a 50-50 relationship. 
I have to put in my 100% and she has to put in her 100%, so there's always got to be 200%. There are times when I'm either sick or hurting or whatever's going on in my life that I'm not going to be able to give my complete 100%. And she's got to pick up the slack. Because if there isn't the 200%, our relationship isn't going to keep working. And there's times in her life where i got to pick up her slack because she can't do it. And if I want our relationship to keep going, I need to man up and take that responsibility. Our relationships with each other are similar. We are a family. And in our relationships, there's going to be times where you can't keep your end up. But we always have to have that balance. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So what do I do when I can't... When I can't, I am unable to pull my weight. What do I do? Mike, you're telling me i got to do these things, but I can't right now. Okay, what do you do? So, on your notes, how, what do I do? How can Christ ease my burden? Because that's how it's going to work. It's not me making your life easier. It's not your leadership making your life better. It's going to be Christ. So how can Christ ease my burden? Well, the first thing you can do is lean on Him. How can Christ ease my burden? I can lean on Him. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, it says, Come to me, all of you who are tired and have heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Accept my teaching and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your lives. The burden that I ask you to accept is easy. The load that I give you to carry is light. Jesus wants you to find rest. He wants you to find peace. Sometimes that's hard to believe with the craziness in our lives. But He wants that for you. He knows that the burdens of life outside of His presence are incredibly heavy. few years ago, we wanted to come up with a new game for summer camp. Um, I don't know how many of you have been to one of our summer camps, but generally one night out of the week, we play a really intense game of capture the flag, generally is what it becomes. But uh, some of the fun ones are Romans and Christians, where you have Romans trying to hunt down the Christians. Some of, there's one called Sheeps and Wolves, where you're trying to collect things, but there's a wolf in your pack in your group and you don't know it. And over the years, we've had to put stipulations on that you can't take people's shoes and you can't throw them on top of a roof. Not because the teens were doing it, but because me and Ryan Donahue were doing it. No, it's really not. But we wanted to come up with something new because the teens have done all these things before and it gets kind of boring doing the same thing over again. So we came up with this game, and it was based off Pilgrim's Progress. I don't know if you guys know the story, but there's a pilgrim, and he's traveling, and as he travels, his burden gets heavier and bigger the more he travels. And he finally finds Christ, and Christ has him lay down his burden, and he's free, and he's light, and it's awesome. Well, we compared our sin to our burden, which isn't wrong. If you're outside of Christ, your sin is a huge burden and you can't take care of it. Only Christ can take care of your sin. And sin has some qualities to it. 
and we made these objects that the teams had collect, the teams had collect. One was a cowbell. Now it wasn't just a little cowbell. I made a cowbell out of sheet metal and it was this big and it was loud and it was noisy. And it was obvious that you had the cowbell as you walked through the dark. Can I tell you guys, you think you hide sin really good, but sin is really obvious. We had another object. It was a big box. It was 24 by 18 by 18, and it was empty. Have you ever carried an empty, large box with a slight breeze? It's really awkward to hold, right? Can I tell you guys that sin makes things awkward? Sin's really awkward to hold on to. We had another object. It was a five-gallon bucket filled with sand and it had no handle. And it was heavy. Really heavy. Can I tell you, your sin outside of Christ is really heavy. It weighs down on you. And our fourth object, we had a sock. Now I asked Jeff Stewart to come up with something stinky. I remember the deer urine. What, what, what else was in it? I don't know. It was, but it was bad. And you left it out in the sun all week, didn't you? It, it fermented? I think it could have crawled away at one point. But, oh, it was, uh, I smell it now. It's, it was bad. And we made the kids carry it. <laughs> it's funny. But can I tell you, the Bible calls our sin a stench in the nostrils of God. You see, we all have had the same burden. We've all had sin as burdens. Some of us don't carry that burden anymore. You see, next week, we're celebrating the the risen Christ. He's coming out of the grave. He already is out of the grave. But next week, we're celebrating it, and He's defeated death and sin. And we don't have to carry those burdens anymore. And if you're somebody here who's outside of Christ, you're not a part of this family, I want to encourage you. You have an opportunity to lay your burden down. You have an opportunity to be washed in the blood of Christ. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's somebody sitting right next to you who does. After church, tug on their sleeve and say, tell me what Mike was talking about. Because this burden sucks. I need to lay it down. And they will help you ease your burden. But there's there's... There's more than just sin is our burden. There's other burdens that we have that Christ wants to help you with. Sin's the big one. Sin's the one that keeps you out of heaven and keeps you out of a relationship with Him and keeps you out of the kingdom. But there's more that Christ can help you with. Maybe it's something in your family or something in your marriage. Maybe it's something in your checkbook. Maybe it's something else. Something in your health. Christ wants to help you with it. He's not going to take it away. But He wants to help you with it. So lean on Him. What burdens are you carrying that you need to lay at the foot of the cross today? How can you lean on Christ more to ease your burden? Second thing, if I want, how can Christ ease my burden? He can ease my burden when I partner with His people. When I partner with His people, Hebrews 10, 24-25 says, 
Let us think about each other and help each other to show love and do good deeds. You should not stay away from the church meetings as some are doing, but you should meet together and encourage each other. Do this even more as you see the day coming. Can I tell you guys that I depend on my small groups? And I did say that plural. I depend on my small groups. You see, I'm technically a part of four. The first one that I consider my primary small group is an adult group. And can I tell you, it's amazing because Cassie and I are like the youngest in the group now. It's awesome to have brothers and sisters that are just a little bit ahead of you on the road that can help you. It's Gary and Susan and Brian and Jafer and Jason and Gina and Dave and Ulrika and Coral and there's other people who come here and there, but it's awesome to have people in my life who not only help me with me, they help me with my marriage, they help me with my parenting, they help me lead the youth group. They help me. They help me. Christ's people help me with my burdens. That's just my first group. The second group we're going to be meeting later today, and that's the high schoolers. And i got to let you know, I'm not just pouring into the kids. That group is led by me and Cassie and Pat and Coral. And we're not just pouring into them. They pour into us too, and they probably don't even know it. You see, we'll have discussions about God and about heaven and about Messiah and about all these deep topics, and they will pick something up that I don't see. And I will be given something from them, and they probably don't know it. They probably haven't seen it. But it's awesome. I get something from working with the teens. I think it's going to keep me younger longer because they run me. Not physically. I don't run. That's why diabetes runs in my family. But um, but they, they keep me going. They keep me on my toes. So I got my adult group. I got my teen group. I have a group of guys. I, they're my brothers. That That's the the best description of them. Billy and Pat and I have this really close relationship, and it's it's awesome. We're not technically in a small group together anymore, but we are our small group. We're a family. And can I tell you, there's not a time we get together where we don't start off our time together with how we're doing spiritually where we don't talk about what we're reading in Scripture, what God's trying to show us, where God's trying to work on us. We don't talk about how we're doing as a... We don't not... We always... Let me say it that way. We always talk about how we're doing as dads and how we're doing as husbands. And now Pat gets to join in on that dad conversation. And he's been listening to Billy and I talk about our frustrations and our struggles for years now. He's already a leg up on the game. He knows what to do and what not to do for at least the first seven years. He's going to make his own mistakes, and then we're going to be there with him. And now Nick Wells is, is, is becoming a part of that group, and that's awesome to have my brother-in-law in that group. If you look at our text stream, there is something funny, something funny, something really deep and profound, something funny, something really deep and profound, and it's just that's what our relationship is. And I have these guys, I have verbally told these guys to tell me when I'm being stupid. Have you given somebody that before? Have you given somebody that permission to speak into your life like that? Can I tell you what? If you do, they'll do it. 
Billy and Pat are really good about like, you weren't treating Cara and Blythe very nicely. You were not being a, a good dad there. They have done that for me. And it's, been, it's great. I welcome it. It sucks at the time. I welcome it, though. I got another group. On Monday nights, Nathan, Tim, and I get together. We dissect the sermons from Sunday. Tomorrow's going to be fun. And uh, we, we talk about what should we talk about? What does, what does the church need? We talk about our lives. What do, what, what's going on with you? How are things with Kara? How are things with Nora? We share our life together. And I have these groups. I depend on them. Can I ask you, do you have a small group that you depend on? Do you have a group that you, that you get together with, whether it's physically get together or electronically get together with regularly that has a spiritual focus? Because that's going to keep you pointed to God. It's really easy to stray away from God by yourself. But if you have a group of brothers and sisters around you that are continually pointing you to God, it's going to be so easy. Just keep in, walk, keep in step with his, Him in, in your walk. If you are struggling with a burden, it is so much easier if you have someone with you. Again, it may not be sin that you're struggling with this morning, although I would guess that most of us are, struggle with sin because we're not Jesus. But your big struggle right now might be loss or grief or worry or something with health or finances or fill in the blank because this world has plenty of worry, plenty of problems. You have a brother and a sister in this room right now who are willing to walk with you and to share, your, share the weight of your burden. As we close, I have an illustration because I work with the high schoolers. They need visual stuff, right? They need to learn visually. So I need a high schooler to volunteer. Come on up, Miranda. This is going to be awesome. Okay, so this is a gallon of water, unopened, bought it this morning. A gallon of water weighs about eight pounds, right? Miranda's going to hold it like this for me. Okay? Now, I'm going to talk for a really long time, and she's going to stand there and, and hold it. So, a gallon of water, eight pounds. Eight pounds doesn't sound like it's that much, does it? I mean, eight pounds, I mean, I can probably curl like 90, but is that getting heavy? Eight pounds. Can somebody come help her? Come on up, Zeldre. Come on up. All right, so Zeldre's going to come help her hold that up. So eight pounds. She's still struggling, Zeldre. You better hurry. It's going to fall. Okay, so he's helping her hold. Is that easier? Is that really hard for you to hold up? No, you're helping her, right? So, so you're telling me that he's helping you share your burden. And you're helping her share the burden, and eight pounds doesn't feel like eight pounds anymore. No? Thank you, guys. Christ is telling us this morning that as a family, we can help each other share our burdens. And it's not going to be in like the world's most impossible task. Some of it is going to take you, it's going to stretch you a little bit. 
It's going to make you move out of your comfort zone a little bit. I know it just made them move out of their comfort zone to stand up on stage in front of you all. But God is calling us to do that. If you look back at the first passage, can you pull up the first passage, please, Nate? If you look back at the first passage in Galatians, share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. There are people all over this room who need help. There are people all over this room who are willing to help. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are, you can help. It doesn't matter how old or young you are, you can ask for help. God is calling us to obey the law of Christ and share each other's burdens. There's a prayer card in your bulletin. And uh, I encourage you to fill that out. Talk to Christ. Share your burdens with Him. What is weighing down on you right now? What do you need help with? Lift that up to God. I want to, tell, I want to let you know that prayer card is only read by the prayer team and, and prayed over by the prayer team. It's not shared throughout the entire church. Not everybody is going to see what you write down. But God will see it. And the prayer team will lift it up to God for you. If you're a guest here, uh, works for offering, we ask you that you don't give. Unless you really, really, really want to. We're not going to tell you no. But we didn't get you here to get something from you. Our members are going to give for their offering to God. Um, but we ask that you don't. That, that basket for you is a time to put your communication card in there um, so that the prayer team can pray over what you need. This time, this card is a really good way to have people pray for you. To share your burdens. After that, the worship team is going to sing. And I hope, I hope that this week goes well for you and that next Sunday we can all come back together and that we can celebrate the risen Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You so much for my family here. God, these people are my family. I pray that I can do a better job of spreading the weight and pulling my own weight. And I pray that I can see the struggling, that I'm not selfish, Father. I, I struggle with selfishness. And I don't want to. Please help me to help my brothers and sisters. Help us as a family to reach out to the lost and to the hurting in the world and to advance Your kingdom. I love You so much, Father. In Your name I pray. Amen.